the Bloomingdale Church Podcast. My name is Max Terman. I'm your moderator. It's 4.30, it's 3.30 p.m. Wow. Wednesday, July 29th, the year of our Lord, 2021. 28th. It's, two, oh, I see. Oh. 2028. <laughs> July 28th. We're here from the future. <laughs> With me this week is a Pastora and Keeper of the Days, Singer, scholar, and songwriter, Scott Reed. Yeah. Yeah. And in my opinion, which I respect, the handsomest <laughs> man on Bloomingdale <laughs> Church's staff, Bill Cowley. With the best eyes. You know, we did a sound check, and I didn't even bother listening to it. You probably should check. No, nah, it's too late. We're in too deep. <laughs> All right. uh, who's praying? Bill, welcome back from nice your grandkids. Yeah. You got a great polo again. You're the king of polos. King of polos. Oh, will you pray for us? Sure. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We just bless your name. It's so great to be one of your children. And we pray that this podcast honors you, that your Holy Spirit takes control of our lips, and mm. the great things come from it. Amen. 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 A word from the king of polos to the king of kings. Scott Reed, <laughs> will you please give us uh, our would you rathers for the week? I will. <laughs> so we're going to do what we did last week because it was fun and different and keep mixing it up. Hmm. Um, and uh, But now there's four of us. So we're going to do it. Uh, we're going to be able to do every question on the cards. I don't think that there's any inappropriate ones. I checked all the ethics ones at least, which are usually where it kind of gets okay. great. And they look okay. Listeners, if um, you are offended or find these questions inappropriate, Please write in to Bill C at BloomingdaleChurch.org. <laughs> uh, so basically, what we're going to do, Bill, since you weren't here last week, is I'm going to give you three, like half. Do you remember when we did like the random would you rather? Like mm-hmm. to like one half from one and one half from another. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that, except I'm taking one half from three, and then you're going to rank them which one you would most like to do, okay. middle, and then least like to do. Yeah. All right. So Bill, pick a number between one and four, inclusive. Three. Yeah, Max? Uh, That's not three. One. Dan? Two. All right. So one, two, three, four. All right. Um, Dan, that means you go first with the pain, fear, and discomfort questions. As two always does. Wait, are you two? You're one. Naturally. I'm one. Sorry. Max. First is the worst, second Max, is the Max, you're best. going first yes. with the pain, fear, and discomfort questions. <laughs> Classic. Woo, right. As I said, no, the nobody first experiences time. pain, fear, and discomfort like Max Terman. That's yeah. a guarantee. All right. Um... So, Max, your three options are being lost late at night in an area with no streetlights. Okay. Having to explain to your spouse how you lost your wedding ring. Oh, cool. And or having to stand on an eight-inch wide ledge 100 stories high for 30 minutes. Whoa. Okay, so let's start. What Can you read the first one again? Be lost late at night in an area with no streetlights. So I'll start with the wedding ring. If for no other reason than I love telling stories, and presumably if she married me, she likes hearing me tell stories. Um, if she doesn't, then that's a whole other uh, set of problems. Um, followed by, I'm going to go with the ledge. I'm going to go with the ledge. What? If for no other reason than I think, you know... It, one of the nice things about scary movies versus scary video games is in a scary movie, you can just sit there and like, it'll resolve itself. You don't have to do anything, but if you just sit down on the ground when you're lost with no streetlights, it's never going to get better. Like maybe the sun will come up, but then you're still lost in the woods. Whereas on this ledge after 30 minutes, like you're totally, you're good to go. That's all right. What do you, you, what do you, you have a problem, Bill? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think the thing said you're lost in a neighborhood. In a neighborhood. It's in an area. In an area. Then you wake up in the woods. <laughs> it could what be the woods. What is going on? As long as there's enough streetlights. Yeah. All you know is that you're lost and there's no streetlights. I'm street going to argue lights. on planet Earth, the majority of areas don't have streetlights. That's true. That is a good point. Thank you. I rest my case. <laughs> All right, Dan, you're number two, obviously, as I always knew without <laughs> fail. You're, you have the appearance and embarrassment All right. um, mm, section. Embarrassment. Um, I like it. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Dan, um, if you had... Sorry. That was an unexpected turn on that sentence. If you had a second head, Ooh. would you rather have it facing... Wait. <laughs> This isn't going to... Okay. I have to rephrase you, this because... This is so fun to I have imagine. to rephrase this because we're not doing it I hope it's a Jekyll and Hyde situation where your right, other Dan, head is really Would you mean. rather have a second head that faces the same way, I assume as your normal, normal head, head, with yeah. full movement... Oh, so I can move the other head. Oh. Uh, oh I think versus means, having one that's all like that's Yeah. So the other option, just reversed. to clarify, yeah. which is not an option that you have to choose, but <laughs> is have it face backwards, right. fixed in place, unable to move. Kind of like a Voldemort in uh, the sorcerer's stone. It doesn't sound like it's right. on it doesn't sound like it's on your head though. It's just You have a second head. It's just facing backwards, well, unable like, to move. Okay. Because they're both it's a second head, it's I not see. a second face. Yes, that's correct. Yes. Okay, so would you rather have a second head that faces forward yes. with full movement or <laughs> Come on, you do it, Scott. or be, be ugly with a beautiful spouse or have the fire department extricate you from your own chimney after you're impersonating Santa Claus for your kids? <laughs> I go with Santa Claus. Fantastic. I'd probably get in trouble because I live in a church parsonage. That's your Talk number about one. apples to apples. So I, your, I your number one choice is being one. extricated from your own chimney. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What's your second choice? Um, having the head with the full range of motion. That'd wow. be kind of cool. So having a beautiful spouse but being ugly yourself is your bottom choice? By being beautiful myself or having an ugly... You're ugly and your spouse is beautiful. That's yeah. already the case anyway. Hey. Well, so... But you, should, right. but you put it at the bottom of your list of priorities. Yeah, so before you... It's already the case anyway. Right, it's already right, the case. All right. I don't want to get you in trouble. <laughs> all right, Bill. Wow, that was just so hilarious. <laughs> Bill, yours, Imagine being you got a lot like the father of the year. With. There's I a lot of words. Santa Claus right, right down true. the chimney. Because this is the ethics and intellect section. And she would love the story of you getting stuck, too. True. So for Bill, bear with me. There's a lot of reading. Okay. Would you rather go out on a blind date with someone whom you've never seen but have already had a great telephone conversation with or, considering the risks, have been a part of the construction crew that built the Golden Gate Bridge or, while serving an impatient, powerful movie producer in a chic L.A. restaurant, drop his filet mignon on the floor, <laughs> then tell him he has to wait another 20 minutes for his dinner. Goodness. All right. I, I, I got my guess as to what he's going to go with. <laughs> I didn't fully grasp the one about the Golden Gate Bridge. We, so you're, you're part of the construction crew that built it, but also as you choose risks. that, you're aware of the risks that yes. go into that. Okay. So that's the one I want to do the least because I'm afraid of heights. Okay. Mm. The... I don't mind dropping that guy's filet mignon. He can wait 20 minutes. That's... <laughs> That's the easiest one. <laughs> All right. And then the middle one is going out on a blind date with someone you've never seen, but I've already had a great telephone conversation with. Mm -hmm. Aw. It's not dissimilar to my first date with Leah. 
Yeah. Hmm. Uh, except I had seen her, but only pictures. Uh, and at Disney World. That's anyway, right. You've heard you that With your own eyes. <laughs> With my own eyes. And said like one word to her and she shrugged at you. Right. Um, I don't think <laughs> That's I said romance. I don't even think I said one word to her. <laughs> All right. And my options are the random options. And so I've got, would I rather be raised by wolves or have x-ray vision mm. or have my 15-year-old child be attracted to dangerous hobbies like hang gliding, parachuting, etc. <laughs> um, I'm going to start with x-ray vision you because imagine. that's a superpower. Right. So that's definitely the best option. That seems like um, it. Hopefully you can turn it off. And I think I'm going to, like being raised by wolves sounds very like romantic and cool, but like well, then you think about what feral children are actually like and yeah. it's not pretty. So that's going to be bottom. I agree. And then my 15-year-old child will be attracted to dangerous hobbies, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you, Scott. Yes, thank, thank you. you man. That was fun. Well, a round oh, of applause for Scott and the Would You Rathers. I don't think we've ever applauded for Would You Rathers in, in 71 episodes, so I'm sorry <laughs> that it took us this long. It's okay. Uh, Bill Calvin. Ooh. It's time for a segment called I Am Not Getting Worked Up. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> Bill, uh, recently right. the Cleveland baseball team uh, settled on a new name. I have not talked to you about this. I'm very interested. You're already shaking your head. So we chatted I'm, a little bit about I'm it, not knowing this segment. I'm concerned about True. what you, I was there. I so the new <laughs> name of the Cleveland baseball team, which for the record, I would have been fine with a year as the Cleveland baseball team, is the Cleveland Guardians, named for seven statues called the Guardians of Traffic that are over the <laughs> bridge that is next to the stadium that's obscure that is obscure uh bill calvin on a scale of zero to ten how do you rate this selection for the cleveland indians to become next year officially the cleveland guardians yeah (laughs) well since zero is the lowest number i just have to go with that oh my word (laughs) go on i can't stand this this is Awful. What would you have rather I mean, been? What a stupid idea. We're going to name a baseball team after a bridge. I mean, that's really <laughs> what this amounts to. Yeah. What would you rather it have been? Well, I still like the Indians, but if you got to change it, I would have changed it to the tribe because oh. that was one of the choices. That is what William and Mary did years ago. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, a friend of mine suggested the Cleveland Classics. I think that's not bad either. Cleveland Rockers might have been my favorite of all. Yeah, because the, of the Rock Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> and the show, you know, Drew Carey, Cleveland Rocks, and that I I think that might have even been better than the Cleveland Indians in the long run. Sure. Because you're helping to promote other things in a city. So yeah, I'm disappointed by this. No, like, what's, your, what's your mascot going to be? A statue. What is their mascot going to be? Well, I don't know what the statues look like. I imagine I just they're like the, Are they cool looking? Or the logo. They're cooler looking than I thought they were going to be. Okay. They look like this. Describe it, describe it to the listeners, please, Scott. Well, it's, that's not the mascot, though. Well, I mean, that's not what this is going to be Am I describing the mascot? Have, have have shown, the statue. It's All right, not let's what's going to be on their Let's start with the statues in question that are on this bridge. Scott, what do those statues look like? So I, all the pictures only show one of them. You okay. said there were seven? Supposedly. I don't know if they all look the same or not. Yes. But it's a very, seemingly very tall, um, sort of like ancient Egyptian-esque vibes of uh, a pretty detailed human man wearing... Some kind of robe and like a little headdress thing on kind of like a big, it's not an obelisk, but it's kind of this big stone vertical structure. And then he's kind of like in relief on the front of it. Interesting. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. Now, Bill, what does the Cleveland Guardians official logo look like? 
and who is the mascot? Oh, this is this is what I'm disappointed. In, their logo. Okay. The G with the baseball. Yeah, I mean this is so goofy, um, but but you know there's features of like the Avengers that are goofy too and they're cool. So maybe that's what will happen with this. Yeah, this we'll see. Cool. Will you buy a hat with the new logo on it? I'll buy you a hat with the new logo on it. <laughs> okay. So what this is is it's <clears throat> listeners, you've got two G's in parallel with a baseball between the two of them, and coming out of sort of the back of the G's of the curve of the G is wings. So you've got tandem G's with wings holding a baseball. Uh, it's not the kind of thing that a child's going to be able to draw very well on a pumpkin on Halloween. Because of the perspective, I would say. I think that's absolutely right. Um, and also, yes, the, the, the wings are going to be a little bit They should have just kept the C for the hat. That would have been interesting, yeah. The still, Cleveland hat. Yeah, yeah, I was seeing a lot well. of like different like logos and stuff, and a lot of them had like still just a C. Yeah. So they might... They could just put a baseball in their hand. But I also saw something. I don't know if this is like canon, but it said the wings, this I'm sure is true. The wings reference the wings on like the headpiece of the statues. Okay. And then the positioning of the G's represents like a split knuckleball, I think is what yeah, they called yeah, it, yeah. Uh, to reference Cleveland's history of great pitching. Well, that's sweet. Yeah. Bill, does that give it a point? Yeah, I'd say I, I'm fed up. I mean, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have thoughts of, am I going to really still be a fan? What? Because I, I think of like the Baltimore Ravens. That yeah. used to be the Cleveland Browns. Right. So now I'm way past those guys. Well, they're you know? in a different city. I mean, the... well, they moved, but they were still the Browns. You know, oh, I, see. I mean, in terms team. of they had the same players. Uh, that's fair. So you think, yeah. okay. Is this going to even work, or are there going to be people just saying, you know what, heck with it? Wow, I'll, I'll root for somebody else. Who would you root for if not for the Indians? I, I mean, know. Guardians. I'll tell you, I've I've had a terrible life. I've been rooting for the Cubs <laughs> and the Indians. <laughs> I mean, you talk well, about this the Cubs two won in 2016, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, the Cubs hadn't won for over 100 years, and Cleveland was in second for having not won in something like 69 years, and. <laughs> they, Boy, as a little kid, you really knew how to pick them. You That's know? right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the Mariners had the longest active playoff drought in uh, big oh, three yeah. pro- professional American sports. Yeah, Mariners. That's So I know a thing or two also. about suffering. <laughs> Philadelphia Phillies are the worst Sir? of all. Bill, as a consolation prize for giving a zero out of ten <laughs> to the Guardians, which is just <laughs> unbelievably bad, um, give me a number between one and a thousand and one. <clears throat> 457. 457. Mm. I, I'm interested to see how long we go until we get a repeat. Um, ooh, this might be a repeat. I guess we'll find out. This comes to us from the book, 1001 Things You Always Wanted to Know About the Bible But Never Thought to Ask. By who, Dan? Bishop. J. Stephen Lang. <laughs> Bishop J. Stephen Lang, author of the complete book of Bible trivia with over 600,000 copies sold to Dan Marcello alone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who knows how many to I've been collecting. <laughs> All of them signed. Uh, 457, the Ethiopian eunuch. Yes, that is a repeat. Hey, is, is it a repeat? Yeah. Really? Wow. Well, I'm pretty that. sure. Uh, you might be right, but I'll read it. Read it anyway. There maybe was I'm wrong. an apostle named Philip. And that's it. So thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> there was an apostle named Philip, but more important in the book of Acts is Philip the deacon, a noted evangelist and healer. Acts 8, 26 to 40 tells of his meeting a eunuch in the service of the queen of Ethiopia. 
eunuch might indicate a court official, not necessarily a castrated man. Philip finds the man in a chariot reading a scroll of the prophet Isaiah. Philip, at the eunuch's request, explains the passage from Isaiah as a prophecy of Jesus. He presents the gospel to the eunuch who asks to be baptized nearby. Afterward, the eunuch went on his way rejoicing. The story shows how the faith of was spreading to people of far-flung nations. Bill, what are you laughing <laughs> I'm just thinking, he said, well, maybe he's a eunuch, maybe he's a court official. I'm just thinking, you know, I listen to the Bible over and over again, and never have they done the eunuch's voice the right way. <laughs> How do they use like, hello. Philip runs up to him and says, do you understand what you're reading? I think he should answer, Somebody explains it to me. I guess it depends on when he got eunic. That's true. Eunicized. Unicized. Yeah. Uh, I think is the I word. think I'm wrong. I don't think we. I don't think this is no, I don't think we we've have, talked about. We've, talked we've about certainly it. talked about the. Oh, yeah. What have we said about the Ethiopian eunuch? What is there to say about the Ethiopian? The guy's awesome, man. He might have been the reason why Africa came yeah. to Christ. Mm. And they took it back uh, to. So he didn't keep it Ethiopia. quiet. <laughs> Go on. Christianity is huge in Ethiopia. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well done. The Coptic Church, I believe. Coptic Church. Oh, that, yeah. Wow. I saw a TV program with someone who is an Ethiopian Christian, kind of in quotes, because I don't know how seriously they took their faith. But, man, there's like the ceremony where they take, I think when kids are baptized, it's crazy. They got like water and squirt guns, and they're going at people who are (laughs) celebrating like crazy, like squirting the kids with, Hmm. huh. People with squirt guns is insane. Holy water. Wow. Blasting people with holy water. We got to try that. That's hmm. wild. So do we know how this guy came to be in possession of a, a scroll of Isaiah? Well, I take it that he was returning from Jerusalem. Okay. So there's some, I mean, let's give God the credit. Hmm. God's spirit just blew into this man's spirit, causes him to say, I'm, I'm going to Jerusalem. Yeah. And while there, I believe that's when he bought the book of Isaiah, which mm. probably cost a fortune. Right. Um, so this man is motivated. You know, God's really doing a great work in his heart. And, yeah. And then it's God again. He mm. speaks to Philip and says, go to basically the corner of this desert road leave this red-hot revival that you're part of mm. and go out in the desert. And he, he obeys. Right. I mean, that, that yeah. is amazing, too. Mm. And then he sees the Ethiopian eunuch's chariot is probably being carried by others, and, and he runs up to him. This is a phenomenal story. Mm. Yeah. And then it ends on the high note of Philip just immediately gets transported to another place. Which is super oh, cool. right. Yeah. yeah, he just gets... I mean, like, like basically teleported. teleported. Was teleported, yeah. This would be a great movie. And yeah. no wonder the eunuch went away rejoicing. Probably like, <laughs> I just saw a guy like snatched away from my sight. I got salvation explained to me. I just got baptized. Yeah. What better kind of day what can a you day. have? <laughs> Man, that's awesome. Thank you for explaining that. Said the eunuch to Philip. <laughs> uh, <laughs> any last thoughts on the Ethiopian eunuch before we move on? 
It's time for Sermon Roundup. Yeehaw! Sermon Roundup. Uh, this week, or last week, uh, Dan Marcello was the one who started a new series on uh, stewardship with his... Uh, it's Stuart Guild's Sorry, favorite. Stuart Guildship. Um, uh, your sermon, uh, to summarize a little bit, was about you know giving over everything that we are and, and everything that we have to, to Jesus Christ. I wanted to ask, uh, Bill, you're preaching this week, and Scott, yes. you're preaching next week. Bill, what are you preaching about? I'm preaching about money. Okay. Specifically about, like, t- about tithing or about... Yes. Okay. So... The title of the whole series is God Only Wants Everything. Mm-hmm. So that's the theme of this sermon, too. Okay. And then, Scott, what are you praying? I mean, preaching about? <laughs> I am preaching about uh, spiritual gifts. Okay. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So when you two are preparing for your sermons, obviously, I mean, you've been preparing a little bit in advance, but when you, you know, heard... Dan's sermon this weekend, in Scott's case, multiple times, being in multiple sermons. Um, you played multiple times softly on the piano. <laughs> Do you, I was not listening to you when that was happening. Just so okay. you know. <laughs> I was listening to the piano. Because I didn't have a mimic set up, so oh. I was listening intently to the house speakers. <laughs> um <laughs> Does it, like, are there things that Dan talked about that, like, you decided that you wanted to incorporate, right? When it comes to the three of you are sort of starting off this this stewardship sermon series, like, are you going to relate to each other? Is that part of the, the process a little bit? You can say no. I think I messed them up. I had to. They had to go back to the drawing board. On it. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was completely say. wrong about what stewardship means. Well, I guess I'm taking a whole different tact. It's sure. That I don't want to say the same things that have just been said. Yeah. So that they don't think, well, geez, that's just what we heard last week. Hmm. So that's why I'm really staying close to the subject of the lordship of Christ. But it's tangible because of money. Mm. So I'm really excited about it because this morning I sat down thinking, I'm just going to go through my materials one more time and then write it. And instead, it was, oh, I have this thought. And I wrote this down. And by the end of the hour, I'd written the whole sermon. Wow. So I thought, all right, we're ready to go. (laughs) Now I'm putting it into the computer so that it's a second draft. Yeah. I'll probably change it a little bit tomorrow morning when I look at it again. Yeah. So I'm excited. When it, when it comes that fast, it's just like, wow, this mm. is so great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Scott? So I guess I, I kind of had a similar, a different but related experience to what Bill was just describing, except I don't write them down. Um, but I've been, usually the way that I prep sermons is I... Um, think about it for a while. Hmm. And the first time I preached, well, the first time I preached a full sermon, I had like, I don't even even know how much prep time, um, but like months. And uh, so I've kind of been like whittling it down a little bit because I want to push myself and see like how much lead time do I need. Um, And so like I hadn't done any concrete work other than just like writing down passages or ideas as they came to me. 
before my vacation a couple of weeks ago. So I came back at the beginning of last week and I had like two weeks to prepare. Um, and so I, I kind of sat down and I put all my ideas, which were more than I thought I had, into um, an outline and then realized like there's a very high chance this is going to be too much material, which was a little, well, I don't know if it was surprising, but it it's not necessarily usual at that stage that I have too much material. Right. Uh, and then I just, usually what I do is I just like, with my outline, I've thought about it, I've put it into kind of a structured outline, and then I just give it. And it's really rough. Um, mm-hmm. But then I just kind of like pull it in and refine it yeah. uh, by giving it more. So on, by, by uh, but I gave it, and I was like, I didn't really have an ending yet, um, and it was too long. But I was like, well, oh, I was... That's pretty easy. Um, and that was like last Tuesday or Wednesday. So um, by the time I heard Dan's sermon, I was like mostly sure. mostly done. And then this week and, and next week, I guess I had three weeks, whatever. This week and next week are kind of just making sure I don't forget it and polishing it up and making sure things are nice and tight. Okay. Um, Dan, I'm start- After I heard mine, I had to <clears throat> change it. Change it. <laughs> After Saturday night, I was like, what is that? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm completely teasing. plagiarizing myself. Um <laughs> I'm going to start with you, Dan, just to give the two of, of them a, a chance to think, because I assume you've thought about this a little bit <laughs> in the process of giving the sermon. But one of the things, you know, a lot of your examples were about people who turn over, you know, the the completeness of their life um, to to God, whether that <laughs> involves being missionaries abroad, whether that mm-hmm. involves trusting him through whatever, you know, happens in their lives. And the question I have for all three of you, and, and Dan, again, I'll, I'll start with you is, you know, there are so many different parts that make up our lives, right? Mm-hmm. I think especially in our society, uh, we're kind of encouraged to compartmentalize a little bit of like, oh, this is my work and this is my family and this is my mm-hmm. friends and this is my, you know, entertainment and this is my, you know, sex life. And this is like all of these, these different parts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what has been the hardest part of your life to really mm. fully give over to God, to like fully mm. trust and say like, okay, like I'm following you to the end in this area. Yeah. Mm. Well, one of the ones that comes to my mind immediately is when we were in the process of being sent as missionaries, there was this possibility of adopting here mm-hmm. and through an adoption agency, or that was an idea anyway. Yeah. And all the doors really slammed shut in our faces. We really felt like we needed to be parents. It wasn't possible, like, naturally, but, like, whether we wanted to pursue adoption and, like, all the doors were closing. And it was like, well, either you stay here and adopt or you go obey God. Hmm. Thought, well, we got to obey God first. Yeah. Because that's the primary responsibility and goal of life, not sure. my own wants and desires. And so we did that and, and kind of unforeseenly, like a year later, God opened the door. But that was hard to... Hard to kind of close that chapter. Sure. Like, well, closing the door here, I don't know if anything's going to come of it. Was it ever. tempting to refuse to close that door? Like, was it tempting to to not give up on that? I think a little bit. Not like we ever came close to making a decision like, well, we're going to stay. But I think it was just kind of the what ifs of like, man, mm. I know I need to do this, but like, what if, what would happen if it didn't, you know? Yeah. But... I know it doesn't always work out like that where God closes the door and opens something very similar. Like it doesn't always happen that Mm -hmm. same way, but I was really (laughs) thankful that it did. Yeah. 
Scott and Dan. I mean, Scott and Bill. Follow me. Follow that up. <laughs> yeah, Dan, can you give a real answer? Uh, Scott and, and Bill, you know, what has been the, the hardest part of your life or the hardest part of who you are to really turn over fully to, to God? Whether it's to, to turn over your behavior in that part of your life or just to trust, right? To turn over your feelings, to turn over your mm-hmm. fears. Bill's turning over the Cleveland Indians. <laughs> he turned, That's not hard. He turned them over a long time. Well, it's not hard to turn over the Cleveland Guardians. The Guardians. Yeah. Guardians. <laughs> Give those willing. He's holding on to the Indians. Boy, I don't know. I, I, because I was raised to give my life to Christ wholeheartedly, it's just been an effort to do that even from childhood. Mm-hmm. I, I remember because it was the Christian Missionary Alliance, there was a tremendous amount of effort put into, would you be a missionary? Even as a small child, I remember this, being at, say, Beulah Beach campgrounds, and every head is bowed, every eye is closed, no one is looking around. Well, I'm looking around because (laughs) people are raising their hands saying they're going to be a missionary. I'm thinking, who's doing that? Mm. You know, because I... I don't want to, even as a little kid, I don't want to marry that girl because I don't want to be a missionary. <laughs> um, so it took, that was probably a, a very, that was a very difficult thing to mm. come to the conclusion of, I'm not called to be a missionary. Right. Because it felt like disobedience to say, no, I'm, uh, I don't want to be a missionary. Mm. You should have a desire in your heart. If you're really being called to be a missionary, you should want to do that. It should be something like, yeah, man, I, this is for me. I'm the original ugly American. It isn't for me. You know, I'm, I'm the one walking around saying, why don't they all just learn English? It'd be so much easier. <laughs> well, that's not the missionary mindset. So it took a long time to make peace with that. Mm. That wasn't my calling. I didn't want to be a pastor either. Right. But Because church was boring. Oh, God. Boring and poor. <laughs> yeah, but big change there because I got to rub shoulders with pastors and I could see, oh, this is very different than anything I'd been exposed to before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not as boring as I thought you were. You're just as poor, but you're not as boring. The, the poverty didn't bother me. It was the joy in their lives. They were so joyful. They were mm. really having a great time living. They were in love with their wives. I thought... This is great. This yeah. this is the kind of person I want to be. Yeah. Yeah. That was like a camp, right? Didn't you? Mm-hmm. Have that yeah, experience? I was 15 years old then. Um, because up till then, people would say, "Oh yeah, you're going to end up being a pastor." And I thought, "You are nuts. Mm-hmm. You are just nuts. That'll never happen." Mm. They could see something I couldn't see. Mm-hmm. How much effort did you put into avoiding it? Right. How much effort did you put into? Like when you said, you know, didn't want to be a pastor, wanted to be something. Oh, I wasn't really trying to avoid it. it just There was no interest in it whatsoever. So it'd be like you tempting me now to, hey, you want to go out drinking? Nope. Just, <laughs> you really don't. It's, it's not a temptation. Scott, you want to go out drinking? No, I really don't. All it's right. not a temptation. <laughs> Scott, uh, um I don't know if there's been like a most, well, there probably has been, but I feel like it's, 
just kind of been a, a process where at certain different seasons of my life, there'll be like a new thing that I hmm. am like learning to surrender over. And I'm not sure if there's anything like right now, there probably is. Um, but there's nothing that's like really obvious that God's teaching me to, to surrender over to him right now. But I think one thing he's been working on me in for a while is like financial stuff, which I think I've, I've like seen growth in, which is nice. Um, and then, but I, one that was definitely really difficult was, um, well, I'm not sure how to exactly to phrase this, but the period of time between Thanksgiving ish, um, of 2017 and when Leah and I got married in 2019, June, um, there was definitely a lot of like surrendering control um, first in the first like two months of like God, I, I can now see this clearly, but like God put this into my mind that I was going to marry Leah, but like I didn't know her at all. Um, and so like that was a really kind of weird time, but then uh, more concretely and specifically to what we're talking about, once we started dating, I remember it was like, so I, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but I'll just do it again for context. When Lee and I were dating, she lived in Massachusetts and I lived in Illinois uh, for the whole time we were dating until we got married. And unless she was coming to visit me every other weekend after Sunday services, I would drive to O'Hare. Max would drive me to O'Hare almost every time. Um, I would fly out on like the two o'clock plane. I'd get in at like 5.30. Leah would pick me up from the airport after the first couple trips where it had been my dad. And we'd have Sunday evening together and Monday together. Um, and then I would fly back at like six o'clock on Tuesday morning. And because we were, you know, in, in a young relationship and we were very much infatuated, like and we had so little time together, we would stay up like really late on Mondays uh, before I would go home or to my parents' house. Um, and so I was like, there was one night I remember I got like 45 minutes of sleep. That was the worst one. But most of the time it was like a couple hours. Mm -hmm. And so I remember like early on, um, like this was kind of the pattern that was laid out in front of me and I knew it and I knew it was going to be like over a year until it ended. Uh, and I remember sitting in my office and just like being so exhausted, it was Tuesday, being so exhausted and just being like, I don't know if I can do this. But I also knew that she was the person that God had for me to marry. And um, and I think this was back when Max and I lived in Wheaton. So like after I finished working on Tuesday, I would usually just stay up here because I had worship rehearsal. It didn't make sense to drive down and back. Right. And so I would like go get dinner. So I remember driving down or driving up Glen Ellen to go to the Chipotle on Lake Street. And there was just like a moment where I just like realized, I wish I could remember. It's been a long time at this point, but it was something of like God just being like, I'm going to support you through this. And so I was, I just, I, I had to surrender that over to him this, this next year and a half of my life where I didn't think that I was going to be able to endure physically <laughs> what I was going to have to do. And it was really difficult. Um, but obviously it was what he had in store and, and he did sustain us and, and it's over and thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Yeah. And you got to marry Audrey Hepburn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's that's who Leah reminds me. When I I watched a, a movie that had Audrey Hepburn and I thought, I know this person. I I don't know Audrey Hepburn. And then Nancy and I was like, Hey, Leah, 
Ah. Leah looks like Audrey Hepburn, a lot like her. This is wild. <laughs> I haven't looked at Audrey Hepburn in a while. I have one, one <laughs> image of Audrey Hepburn in my mind, and that is not <laughs> what I'm thinking. So. Um, now we're all Googling. Are we all Googling Audrey Hepburn? I forget what she looks like. Yeah, I see it. Let's see right, if Dan good. agrees. We'll make that the album artwork for this episode of this show. <laughs> yeah, I could see it too. There you go. Nice. Let's get into topic of the week. Yeehaw! Topic of the week this week. I know it's 4.05, but we also didn't start until 3.35, so you, you owe me another hour. Uh, topic <laughs> of the week this week. Fair. Um, uh, Bill, has the boomerang class started yet? Yes. How's yes. it been going? Oh, man, these people are enthusiastic. You want to do like a little thing great. about it? Tell me about it. All right. It's about An hour. making our church... <laughs> as welcoming as possible, Mm -hmm. warm. So we've done things like they take field trips right on the campus of the church. There's an outside group, an inside group, and they walk around and they see, is there anything here that's a turnoff? Um, Is there anything here that we could do better? So signage is a big deal that, you know, the signage, how do you find a bathroom in this place? So that's something we want to work on, having better signage particularly for the restrooms, because that's probably the most asked question mm-hmm. from people when they come into the building. Is where's the bathroom? Yeah, and, and they shouldn't have to ask that. It should be just you, you just see the sign and you know what to do. Oh, sure. So there's enthusiasm about it because of I mentioned at the staff meeting that we have these connect cards or connection cards at church and we're not getting the mileage out of that, that we could. Mm-hmm. The elevation church taught me something that I think this is a good idea. It's extremely brief card and they have it set up that if you give us your connect card, we'll send a dollar to a local charity. Oh, wow. People think, you know what? I'd like to help out like that. So you get your Connect cards back because of that sure. $1 gift to charity. And I'm hoping we go to that route. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Shoot. Well, yeah. How long does the Boomerang class run for? Like, when does it end? It ends the last Sunday of August. Okay. So there's still plenty of time to come in at Sunday morning? Sunday morning, 1030 in the coffee house. In the coffee house. For more information, please contact Bill C. at BloomingDellTrench.org. I assume also... We have a guest speaker this week. Oh, really? Who? Daniel Riemenschneider. He's going to be talking about the technology side of it that we are taking into our life of our church that's going to help us with... Sweet. Boomerang. Man. Mm-hmm. For topic of the week this week, uh, we'll see how much time we have, but we are talking about underrated uh, characters in the Bible. I don't know if character is the right, I guess individuals, people. Characters makes it sound like fiction, so I I don't necessarily want to go that route. But uh, underrated uh, people people in the Bible. Um, Jesus and Paul, man. Jesus and Paul is is Dan's pick, and I I have to agree. Uh, Jesus is vastly underrated on our planet at this time, but that will not always be the case. True. Uh, I don't think it's possible to to accurately, like, rate Jesus. He's always going to be underrated. Yeah. Well, Dan Dan solved my riddle. All right, guys. I guess we're done here. (laughs) Here's your jelly beans. Uh, Bill, who have you brought Today, as your underrated 
All right. Individual. S- Silas. Go on. Your grandson? Paul and okay. Silas. Okay. I was going to say, we see plenty of pictures of him. He's not underrated. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago when I was preaching, in the midst of the sermon, I mentioned Paul and Silas, and, and Silas is sitting there coloring and just like, boing. <laughs> what, what, what did I do now? <laughs> he was just really into what it all. So he listened to probably 10 more seconds and then he realized, oh, it's nothing I need to be concerned with. <laughs> so, but Silas, is be, I picked him because... Because, yes, it's always Paul. Paul's always first. Right. But you see Silas mentioned with other people, too. Mm-hmm. So you think, my gosh, Silas was really a, an important figure to these leaders. I think the other person who mentioned Silas is um, Peter. Okay. Silas was writing, uh, writing the manuscript that Peter was dictating. But Silas is a prophet. It's mentioned that way in the New Testament too. And you think, yeah, of course he was. He he couldn't just be somebody carrying Paul's bags. He had to do a lot more than that. And it showed his character that in the Philippian prison, he's praising God right along with Paul, even though he's had his back beaten and his hands and feet are in stocks. He's in this awful prison. So I don't know very much about Silas at all. Sure. I mean, pretty much all we know is his name, and then he was with Paul all the time. And if he wasn't with Paul, he was Peter. Do we know so, if he was a Greek or if he was a Jew? I don't know. Okay. I don't either. Yeah. But he must have been one really vibrant Christian and effective Christian for Paul to want to take him. Mm, that's true. Yeah. And he went from Barnabas to Silas when Barnabas and Paul had their fight. I think Silas must have really been something. Yeah. To step in and yeah. be there. And I think he got brought up last week. I think I brought him up the his the journey to Berea. Mm-hmm. Um and the the impact that they had on the the Jews there who their response to hearing the gospel was to just search the scriptures to see if it was true and then the synagogue was like, yep, <laughs> checks out. Um, but then the Pharisee from another city found out and came over and kicked them out of, the, of Berea as well. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. Uh, Dan, who do you got? Mm. I brought with me today yes. Mark, the Hi, Mark. author of <laughs> Good to the see Gospel you. of Mark. Wow. Yeah. Uh, for two reasons. And so it kind of ties in with what Bill was saying a little bit because it's kind of the same general time in history that he authored the gospel of Mark, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, but of course, inspired by the Lord, but pretty much took Peter's account, Peter's mm. eyewitness firsthand account and wrote it down. I thought it takes a lot of patience to not be the star of the show mm. and just faithfully record the things that someone's saying like that. Of course, his name is attached to it. It's not like the gospel of Peter, but uh, that's, that's pretty cool that he was willing to do that and be used in that way. Yeah. Um, and he actually makes a, I guess, appearance in the book as a naked youth that runs away. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You didn't know about in this? In Mark? Yeah. When is Was he a Mark naked 15? youth? I told you. People don't know Man, about And this. people don't know about this. No. When I, is Mark a naked youth? Dan and I were talking about this last week. We were talking I about brought this. this up at some point. When and like Jesus is being yeah, betrayed in the garden, and, okay. and they all start running for their lives, he, he had just wrapped himself in a sheet to be there and <laughs> lost his sheet when he was running. 
A young man. Oh, where are you, Mark man? 1451. Okay. A young man wearing nothing but a linen garment was following Jesus. When they seized him, he fled naked, leaving his garment behind. <laughs> that, we... That's what scholars believe was. That's, they was, believe that's Mark. That's Mark. Writing himself into the story. Putting himself that's in. What, I mean, admittedly, John, you know, calls himself the, the disciple that Jesus loved. Right. Mm-hmm. Do we know for a fact that, that's, that John is actually referring to himself there? Everybody's pretty sure. Pretty but, sure. Okay. Um, man, yeah. that's cool. But then the other reason I really like Mark is... Besides his nudity. Besides, <laughs> well, he couldn't help that. <laughs> he was trying to get away. Um, is this whole issue, and Bill mentioned it, of Barnabas and Paul having a bit of a falling out and over Mark. Right. That Mark kind of, in Acts 13, says, Paul and his companions sailed from Perga to Pamphylia, where John, Mark, his name is kind of like Mark or John Mark, right. left them to return to Jerusalem. I don't really exactly know why. Right. Maybe... He was a pretty young guy and just was like, I just, I can't do this. Uh, just for whatever reason, had a bit of a struggle and left. And then and Barnabas took that person. Yes. Sometime later, Paul went to Barnabas and says in Acts 15, uh, let us go back and visit the believers in all the towns we preached. Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark with them, but Paul didn't think it was wise uh, because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. And they had such a big disagreement that they, that Barnabas went with Mark yeah. and then Silas went with Paul. But then what I like about it is that forgiveness happened. Mm-hmm. Even with these guys who were leaders in the church, real role models, like they still had like relational friction and stuff, just like we all do today. Yeah. Um, but later on in 2 Timothy 4, in his closing and personal remarks, Paul says to Timothy, uh, get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. Wow. Just is really cool that reconciliation and forgiveness happened. Yeah. Even with those guys, and it wasn't an option for them. Yeah. <laughs> and they followed the Lord's leading in that way to be reconciled together. Yeah. The fact where Paul was like, I need this guy. He's like, he's useful to me in my ministry. Like, we need to sure. work together. We're a team. Man, it just goes to show me like forgiveness isn't just another option. It's as a believer, it's a necessity. Hmm. Being reconciled to people. Yeah, and Paul and Barnabas patch things up mm-hmm. too, as best we can tell, because Paul, I think it's in maybe first or second Corinthians that he says, should just Barnabas and I be the only ones who work? For a living beyond serving. Right. Like, okay, good. It's not a surprise that they would patch it up. Good grief. They're mm-hmm. both spirit-filled Christians. They, yeah. They've got everything in common. Mm. They were just having a disagreement over how to go about something. It's amazing that in that period when uh, Mark and Paul have not been, you know, sort of reconciled, that... If that's where it stops, right? Mm-hmm. If they're never reconciled, then we have in the Bible one of the main writers of the Bible distrusting another writer right. of the Bible. Like open like, discord kind of going yeah. on. Yeah. Um, wow. But it's cool that that didn't happen. They were yeah. brought together. Thank you, Mark. Yeah. Scott, who have you brought with you today? Mm. Introduce your very tall friend. <laughs> <laughs> 
This is Max, everyone. Hello. <laughs> um, so this was it was tricky because like, you know, like think of an underrated Bible character, and every time I thought of someone, I'm like, well, they can't be underrated because I thought of them. <laughs> so it was difficult. But then I, I came up with one that I, I think qualifies, although he does have a little book about him, uh, and his name is Jabez. Um, before mm-hmm. I talk about Jabez, I want to give an honorable mention to Ehud, who is a judge in Judges mm-hmm. chapter three, yeah. who's not like. He's, the reason I didn't choose him was because he's not like a like there's not much about him that's worth emulating but it is a cool story because he assassinates a man yeah um, like sticking a sword in him yeah and he's left handed yeah. yeah that and was on our bible content the quiz very, and, uh, yeah the trinity <laughs> name the only left handed judge yeah yeah, so anyway, <laughs> you should read Judges 3 in the story of Ehud because it's interesting. Yeah. But Jabez uh, just has a very short passage. Um, some of you might be familiar with him because there's a book called The Prayer of Jabez, which is literally the only thing, at least here in this passage of Chronicles, I don't think he comes up anywhere else, but it's the only thing that we know about him, really. It says in First Chronicles 4, 9, to 9 and 10, two verses, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. And then verse 10, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. Um, Mm. And so there's a couple of things that are interesting about Jabez. One is on this page like that my Bible is open to right now, there's probably like 200 names. Most of them are just... Reiah, son of Shobal, was the father of Jahath, and Jahath, the father of Ahumai and Lahad. And it's just like no details at all. But then there's this little kind of aside where it's like, and then there's this guy Jabez, who's worth mentioning purely because of, it seems, he was more honorable than his brothers, and he had this prayer that was also worth recording. Uh, and I think that's very interesting that in this just really, I mean, just pages and pages really of of the tribes and their descendants that the writer of Chronicles felt like this prayer and, and in fact just a man praying was worth mentioning because mm-hmm. um, I think we undervalue prayer a lot of the time. Uh, we don't turn to it as like our, our go-to response. We turn to it as like right. an, an addition to all the, the really helpful things we're going to do, like preparing and saving and whatever. Mm. Um, but here, this guy, we would not know anything about him if he hadn't prayed this prayer. Um, and so it's worth remembering. And then also... Uh, there is this little book about this prayer. Uh, it's very small. You can read it in probably like an hour or two. Um, but I remember I read it a few years ago, and the thing that I thought was interesting uh, is that this prayer, he said, he opens it with, bless me. And the prayer is all very kind of like inward-oriented, I guess you could say. He's, you know, bless me, enlarge my territory, let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I'll be free from pain. Um Something that's interesting to note is that he's not, like, rebuked for that, but God grants his request. But specifically, I want to focus on bless me, because um, in the book, they talk about this prayer, uh, and it seems very, like, self-interested to pray to God that he would bless us. But the thing that they, um, that the author, who I can't remember who it was, but that the author kind of points out is that praying that God would bless us is very much... Uh, assuming that you're kind of like leaving it at that and not saying, bless me by, you know, such and such a thing. But it's very much leaving it into God's hands how he will choose to bless you. Mm -hmm. And blessings look very different, um, you know, depending on the situation and the person and God's will for them. Um, So I think that's something that, you know, we should be calling for God's blessings in our lives, fully expecting that they might not be what we 
would choose them to be, like yeah. more money or a, whatever. Uh, he does also pray enlarge my territory. Um, but yeah, that that just the prayer that God would bless us and then being ready to receive the blessings that God has sort of selected for us specifically, I think is something that we don't mm-hmm. necessarily see happen very often, but it's in the Bible. And also it's it's really submitting to God's sovereignty. Yeah. So I'd like to add something that ties into this. The author was Bruce Wilkinson. He was That's the right. CEO of Walk Through the Bible Ministries. Right. And he had a son who was a missionary in Africa, and the son had an opportunity to expand the ministry there, but it was going to take some money, and Bruce Wilkinson wanted to support it. So he he went into his retirement fund and took out a very large amount from his re- retirement fund when he's really not all that far away from retirement. You know, it, he was maybe like, roughly 50 years old and he's taking all this money out mm-hmm. so he gave and he wrote this little book and Multnomah Press I believe was the um, original publisher of it and they thought okay it'll probably be at most a 30,000 copy book so they print up Probably not anywhere near 30,000 at first, but we print these copies up. And, and I want to say 30,000 is really a good, a good selling book. Yeah. That, that's really good. They print 30,000 up, but it ended up selling 9 million. <laughs> I think he made the money back that he donated. Yeah. I mean, it showed you cannot outgive God. Yeah. I mean, he went, really went out on a limb taking it out of his retirement account. Wow. I was just blessed by that. Yeah. Wow. Because honestly, I've read that book. I didn't care for it. My mom loved it. She bought a couple of copies. My mom probably read, she could read 3,000 words a minute, so she could read a lot of books real fast. Right. She she liked it. I thought, well, give it a second chance. So I read it again. I thought, hey, it's really not doing it for me. <laughs> I don't think that much of this book. I, I really think the book is just okay at best. But the God saying, hey, I'm blessing this book. Hmm. I'm going to hmm. cause people to want to read this book and want to buy it and tell their friends. That's that's the only explanation I've got for it. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Man. Well, thank you, guys. Yeah. Thank you for those three uh, individuals, not characters, uh, those three people from the Bible. We got uh, someone from the Old Testament, someone from the New Testament, and someone who wrote part of the New Testament. Um, so thank you very, very much. Um, listeners, if you would like to be part of the show, you can send questions, would you rathers, uh, trivia quizzes, your book recommendations, um, or indeed your thoughts on uh, the prayer of Jay has? Jabez. Jabez. Or Jay has. Or individuals. Or if you can send your thoughts on any individuals to podcast at <laughs> bloomingdalechurch.org. No, send individuals. We'll, leave, yeah. we'll read them right, right here. <laughs> Live <laughs> on the air. Um, sure. Uh, that is all the time that we have this week. I'm sorry. It's 4.30. We've been recording for two and a half hours. Uh, that is all the time that we have this week. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Dan. Thank, Thank you, Max. <clears throat> Dan. Take us home. Alrighty then. 
NPR style. So. Yes, in the, in the traditional style. You have been listening to the Bloomingdale Church Podcast from Bloomingdale, Illinois, the heart of the nation. <laughs> Let's never do it any differently than that. <laughs> Actually, you can't lie to them about how long we've been recording. I know, when you, you tell should... them the time at the beginning and the end of the recording. Oh, that's true, yeah. <laughs> it was one it. hour. We started at 25 after 3. I thought, I thought you were going to say, you can't tell them that we've been recording for two and a half hours because then they'll be like, what on earth did they cut out for the last <laughs> hour? <laughs> that's fair. What are they keeping from us? All the best content goes to the vault. That's right. Well, it goes to the subscribers. To the to the, the to to Patreon subscribers. Oh, Listeners, subscribe to Calvin Plus if you want to hear all of this episode. Oh, man. Don't we can't release the things that don't make it into the episodes. Ramsey Plus, Disney Plus, Discovery Plus. Well, Discovery Plus isn't named after a person. True. That's what drives me crazy I mean, about Ramsey Plus is the Disney man Plus has the guts to be like, I'm the Walt Disney of vaguely Christian stuff. I don't I don't like him. I like Calvin Plus. I'd subscribe to Calvin Plus. It's got all John Calvin's and Bill Calvin's work. <laughs> but they're not labeled. And you have to decide. Well, I, what I'm interested in is Calvin and Hobbes' works. Uh, <laughs> I have Calvin and Hobbes. I've got the complete collection of Calvin and Hobbes. Man, and that that'll be going up funniest next. Funniest cartoon? Oh, I wish he would still do it. Well, let's have a boring and unengaging, unengaging dour podcast. podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Max. Just punctuated by screams. This sounds like NPR. <laughs> uh, that's a good point. Let's do a let's do a sound check. Sorry, it wasn't about NPR, but I it, it did sound like NPR. it did sound like NPR. Hmm. Hello, everyone. Hello and welcome to the Bloomingdale Church podcast. <laughs> I wanted to say a word <laughs> for Portillo's hamburgers. <laughs> They are awesome. Portillo's hamburgers are really I've never good. had a Portillo's hamburger. They're like better and than the hot dogs. It's like the best thing on the menu. Better than Italian beef? beef? I haven't had the Italian beef, but they are better than the hot dogs. I've had them both. They're, they're both really You've never good. had Italian beef? But well, I was shocked. No. I, I didn't no, know I've they had, had, had such had, great had hamburgers. Yeah, 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 Somebody yeah, yeah. was bragging okay. about them, and yeah. I thought, yeah, they're well, good. i got to try one then. All right, got to try one. And And... Man, right. they week. are great. <laughs> Next yeah, week, terrific. two weeks, two Max weeks from now, uh, two I weeks won't be now. here in two so weeks either. Three weeks from now, you guys can just go. Yeah, go without me. Scott knows how to run the box. That's true. Mm-hmm. It'll be fine. Um, did you say mm-hmm. you haven't had an Italian beef? I haven't had an Italian beef from Bertillo's. Okay, you'll like it. Yeah, probably. I yeah. liked it. You're, we think you'll like it. That was a tagline of a product I saw. Yes. Like, in the last year, I can't remember what it was. Like soup or something. It's like we think you'll like it. I'm like. I, I hope so. Yeah, well, no one think, else has the guts to tell We you. don't think you'll like it. <laughs> so don't buy it. Please buy it anyway. We don't think you'll like it. Nobody does. But you know what? It'd probably sell like hotcakes if people would be like, you know what? You're not going to tell me what I can and can't like. I'm going to try it I anyway. i try this. I hate it. Well, you're used to just people saying, you're going to love this. This is great. Right? So we think you'll like it. That's, don't waste your time nice. on this. <laughs> You've worked so hard that's for your money. That's not the way I took it. <laughs> it's not worth it. It's not, it's not worth your money. <laughs> oh, man.